0: hi viewers listeners um anyone out there listening to the um steve perryman podcast uh, very happy to be on with you again we've got howard as ever and tom and a very special guest that i've been promising for weeks and weeks to have on Um, Before we introduce our special guest, um, Howard, uh, I understand from a good source that it's World Parkinson's Day today. Um, That's close to our heart for reasons that you're now going to explain, please.
1: Yeah, it is World Parkinson's Day and Parkinson's needs a day because it's a horrible disease, which is growing faster than any other in the Western world. So they should have some idea of what's going on. Anyway, it's close to me because I have it. I was diagnosed about 10 years ago. It's a brain disease and it's progressive. And this is sometimes why it may take me a little while to formulate my words. The words are in my head, but I can't always get them out (laughs) quickly enough.
0: (laughs) So thank you for the opportunity here. Well, you're having a good try, Howard. Thank you very much on our behalf. Fantastic. So... I'm going to introduce Gary Stevens, uh, a great pleasure, uh, ex-teammate of mine, um, lives a, uh, a varied life, having left Tottenham, which he's going to explain to us. So Gary, welcome to, uh, to the Steve Perryman podcast. Steve,
2: thank you very much indeed, a real pleasure to join you, um, and also Tom and Howard as well. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a good chat with you.
0: Well done. And just tell us what time it is in Thailand there. Um, It's coming up to 6 p.m. in the
2: evening. So uh, Thailand is six hours ahead of the UK.
0: Brilliant. And uh, I've not really want to ask this question, but I've got to. And the temperature?
2: (laughs) Well, for, for most of the day, it's been just into the nineties. So, um, was nice to walk on the beach. Um, I've kept myself in the shade most of the day, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a privileged person, Steve. There's no doubt about it. I love my life and I'm probably happier than I've ever been.
0: You look like you're, you're a picture of health, actually. Do you, do you agree, chaps? Definitely. Yep. It might be a special camera he's got on him, but, uh, well, wow. <laughs> how, how good, how old are you, Gary? Just to remind me. Steve, I, I
2: had my 60th birthday on the 30th of March, so I'm just turned 60.
0: Wow, wow, that you don't look 60, trust me. It,
2: <laughs> well, do you know, it's really funny. Most people say to me, you haven't got any gray hair. And well, I, I've got a lot more gray hair than shows to be honest with you, but you know, like I'm I'm a, I'm a hairy monster. Yeah, you, you know, are. I really am.
0: Always and, have been.
2: Um, Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, two shaves a day type gentleman, you know, Um, but uh, no, I'm blessed and and I do look after myself. I've got to be honest, Steve, I've uh, I've maybe abused myself a little bit in the past, but uh, for the last probably eight to ten years, I've tried my best to look after myself.
0: And what sort of weight are you as against your playing weight? Um,
2: I'm about three or four kilos below what I used to play at Um, and that's mainly because I've lost muscle. Um, you know, I don't have the definition and the bulk that I used to have. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because I exercise, because I lead a good life, I you know, what I eat, what I drink, um, you know, basically I, uh, I don't put weight on, which is fortunate. Um, and so therefore, yeah, I'm, which is what, half a stone, I suppose, eight kilos, just over half a stone lighter than I used to play at.
0: Fantastic! Well done, you, Howard. We uh, we used to socialise together, didn't we? Ourselves and Gary's family and Ray Clements and stuff. You had some good uh, good days at your house there.
1: The uh, the highlight, I guess, has to be the UEFA Cup Final '84. We all had dinner together after the game, which was just fantastic. Yeah. Just a yeah. shame that Steve couldn't play in it. Yeah, um, he'd done enough to get us there, and. Uh, there are lots and lots more histories that we have between us Um, and we try and catch up when we do don't we
0: some some good times eh yeah some good times so Gary just getting into it um how long have you been in Thailand and what's your life consisting of now Um,
2: I've I've been here about eight years now. I came out originally to be the head coach of a a team in Bangkok in the Thai Premier League, um, which was Army United. I came out here via Leicester City Football Club and King Power. King Power, of course, are duty-free in Thailand and um, at the time and, and pretty much now still, really. The the army are heavily involved in uh, running the country, so I suppose if you're involved in duty free, then it's good to be involved with the people running the country. Um, yeah. So that that's how that came about, and and of course the inevitable happened. So I got sacked at army, um, but we'd done really well, so my 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 um, reputation was quite high. So I got myself another job, which was with another temp- Thai Premier League side called Port. Um, Long story but won't go into it and of course got sacked from there as you do. I've had numerous opportunities to get back in and I've declined all of them because I decided I didn't want to Mm. uh, deal with the hire and fire here in Thailand which is probably worse than the English Premier League, the English Football League Um, and I basically decided to retire and I moved out of Bangkok to a place called Hua Hin which is a a coastal town, um, a seaside tourist type area, loads of golf, um, some really good sports facilities, and uh, my only involvement now with football is that I have a link with um, Black Mountain in Football Academy, which uh, we have about sixty kids train with us, three stroke four times a week, um, and I pop in twice a week and I help the coaches out and. Uh, you know, I enjoy that. I play a lot of golf. Um, and I, you know, I, I live a privileged life, Steve, that's it.
0: Brilliant. And do you have a link through TV? Do you have yeah, an opinion suppose... on the Premier League, etc?
2: Well, yeah, I suppose that's one thing that I've forgotten. And uh, I suppose, what was it, maybe three, four years ago, I got involved with Astro Super Sports, which is the equivalent of Sky Sports in Malaysia, and I started to fly from Thailand to uh, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia, cover two or three Premier League games, and then fly back on the Monday morning. And I still do that, um, except that you know because of the travel problems, I now sit in my condo here in Thailand, and I do it on Zoom, yeah. um, so I don't have to travel, don't have to fly. Um, The last weekend that's just passed, um, I didn't do a game for them and I actually watched five games across the weekend, full 90 minutes because you get every single game out here.
0: Yeah, I've got to tell everyone, by the way, uh, I don't want to embarrass you, Gary, but when we fixed this up some time ago, eventually it was getting closer and closer to the day and... Possibly could have been the first time we played Brighton. But now this is the second time. And Gary said, when we agreed the date, Gary said, so when I come on, Steve, on the Monday, so Brighton would have won at Arsenal. Tottenham would have won at uh, Aston Villa. And so it'll be a good show, Steve. And guess what happened? <laughs> and I mean, well, Never in of doubt. course. Never yeah, we're up. not we're not too surprised about the Tottenham result, but the the Brighton result at the Arsenal was staggering as far as we're concerned, Howard. Eh? That that led us into a great weekend. Absolutely.
1: Although yeah. last weekend was was possibly better when both Chelsea got smashed by Brentford, as yeah. well as Arsenal losing yeah. and us winning five one.
0: Yeah, they're out of reach, Chelsea Howard. Yeah. But I know yeah, yeah. I know your feelings about them. So. Um, so, yeah, so you do some TV work, uh, Steve-O, and you, you've got an opinion on the way, way things are happening. With your soothsayers hat on, are we going to finish in the top four? Well, it's, it's looking
2: a lot, lot better than it was a few weeks ago, that's for sure. Um, you know, I, it, it's so important how you finish, isn't it, in, the, in any league, in any season. Um, and, uh, you know, Tottenham have momentum at the moment, you know, I think Conte's done a fantastic job. I think if you look at the players who've come in, whether it's Romero at the back, um, Bentancur, Kulusevski, you know, they've all started to contribute hugely. Um, and what, along with that, the you know, the rest of the team, you know, Dyer looks a different player. Larice was fantastic, wasn't he, against Aston Villa. Um, you know, everybody seems to be gelling together. So, I I think if you look at, well, who's going to finish fourth in the Premier League at this precise moment in time, I'd put my hat on Tottenham 100%.
0: Good. That's a Tottenham voice speaking, by the way. Yeah. Tom, you've got some opinion on the, uh, the change of opinion of Doherty, for instance.
3: I just think he's um just like I've got so much respect for for Doherty, for the way he's turned things around in the last few weeks um last couple of months even I mean I think it was the probably probably the Leicester game where he he kind of came on and um made things happen for the uh for for Bergwijn's late equalizer which we thought was good enough yeah it was it was a wonderful enough goal without even taking into mm. account the the following uh the winner that happened a minute later but um but I think the fact that he's been injured yeah a horrible challenge by by cash on on saturday evening um really cynical when you look back at it and there were a few from the villa players actually which uh, which looked like they were set out to try and um you know lay lay one on some of our boys but the fact that Doxy is now sadly out for the season and we we it's it's a real loss for for us given the way we've been playing and the way he's been contributing to that and um you just could not have imagined 6 months ago Feeling, yeah, the, the outpouring of, uh, of of disappointment from Spurs fans that that going to be out for a yeah. long period of time, and and I think that that is huge credit to him and to the manager for for how yeah. his career has turned around at Spurs in the last, uh, last yeah. few months.
0: Howard, can you imagine such a turnaround in opinion yeah, can, on it, a player?
1: It's very rare to see a turnaround that quick, and that's 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 deep, if you like. Yeah, um, usually if once the crowd go against the player it's very hard to turn it around
0: yeah yeah
1: but, uh, he seems to i think well credit
0: credit is. to both him and the uh, and the manager because the yeah. manager is the influence Gary i'd like to talk to you about influence because you mentioned the academy and therefore in your development as a player um tell 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 us about that development where where did it start at school or I, I, did, did you tell me that you got released by Ipswich in the younger yeah. years?
2: Yeah, you're, you're right, Steve. So, you know, I, I was born in Hillingdon, uh, Middlesex, so just west of London, you know, a bit of a hotbed for, for footballers. You know, Ray Wilkins, Glenn Hoddle, Guy Butters, you know, there, there's been dozens, to be honest with you, from that region. We moved out of London up to Bury St Edmund, Suffolk as a family when I was six years of age. Um, you know, my dad was a huge influence on me. He he played sort of semi-professional as a goalkeeper, Slough Town, Hillingdon Borough. Um, mm. And yes, I was kind of, you know, reasonably talented and yes, played for the school, played for West Suffolk, played for Suffolk schools, had England schoolboy trials. Um, a big part of it was at 11 years of age, I started to go to Ipswich Town on a Thursday night where the the talented youngsters in the area were invited. Charlie Woods was the youth team coach at Ipswich at the time. Bobby Robson was in charge of the club. And of course, Bobby ran the club from top to bottom. Um, You know, great admiration for a great man and a great footballing man. Um, And at 14, I signed as an apprentice, uh, sorry, a schoolboy at Ipswich Town um, and was hoping to sign apprentice when I got to the age of 16, um, Steve, you know what it's like with youngsters, you know, peaks and troughs and you hit a plateau. And from being one of the best players, suddenly everybody else is better than you. Um, and I started pre-season training with Ipswich for the 78-79 season. Ipswich had just won the FA Cup, beating Arsenal at Wembley. And,
0: and what the- typical- sorry, to in- sorry to interrupt. What, and what position were you then when you were at that <laughs> sort of decision age? Because... You, you could play a lot of different positions. Yeah. Well, you know, I,
2: I played for a Sunday side, which my dad ran. And him and his mate, Pete, they ran it for number one, my dad for me, and Pete for his two boys, Simon and Mark. Um, and my dad played me as a right back sometimes. Then he played me as a centre half. Then he played me in midfield. Then he played me as a left back. And so I, you know, I, I I learned how to play in different positions. I never played in goal and I never played up the, the sharp end, as it were. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was the huge influence from my father to kind of prepare me to be a an all-round footballer rather than maybe the, the master of just one position. And that worked for me in many ways, but it, it you could argue it also held me back because I was a brilliant substitute you know I sat on the bench for England so many times just in case you know he needed a right back or a left back or a centre half or a midfield player yeah and you know I I came on for for Peter Reid and for Bobby Robson and for Terry Butcher and Mike Duxbury at right back so you know those were my England appearances slotting in in different positions yeah um but but if we get back to to what happened at Ipswich so I've started pre-season training they were a bit naughty, like most of the clubs, because they weren't sure. They should have told me, but they weren't sure. So they kept me hanging on. And after about three or four weeks of pre-season training, um, not Charlie Woods, the youth team coach, Bobby Robson called me into his office um, for the after- in the afternoon. Bad news for you. We think you're great, but there's not a future for you here. We want you to get a job locally, but we're not offering you an apprenticeship. He said, if you want to try your luck elsewhere, we'll introduce you to a club. No problems. So after a few tears, <laughs> as you do, it was, yeah, it was a huge, huge disappointment sure. for me. Sure. Um, you know, I, I spent about a week thinking about it. I had a chat with my dad, had an interview to go into the army. Can you believe every chance? And I said, thank you for the interview. I'm leaving. Um, And uh, in the end, I decided my best route was to to go to another club. Bobby Robson was good pals with Alan Mullery. And it made sense to to try my luck at Brighton. And I went down there. I was with the Ipswich youth team away at West Ham on the Saturday. And on the Sunday, I got on the train and went down to London, down to Brighton um, and started a two-week trial. That two-week trial lasted for four weeks because Brighton weren't sure. And in the end, after four weeks, they went, yep, we're going to give you a chance. Here's your apprenticeship for the next two years. You're on 16 quid a week as a 16-year-old. And when you get to 17, we're, we're up in it, which was standard, to 20 pound a week.
0: Overpaid. I thought so. <laughs> i
2: would never earned any money, Steve.
0: <laughs> Amazing. And then your influences as you progress through?
2: Well, without doubt, Alan Mullery, you know, former Spurs great, who was then the manager at Brighton and it was him who gave me my apprenticeship. Um, It was him who gave me my debut in the Brighton team when I was 17. I'd been down there about 16 months in total and was playing for the youth team and the reserve team. And Mark Lawrenson was in the first team. He got injured, ironically, away at Tottenham. Um, And the very next week, um, Muller's on the Monday morning said, Loro's out for a period of time. I'm playing you. You're my reserve team centre-half. You're going to play on Saturday. So, you know, it was all in the open. I had five days to prepare for it. And it wasn't until we got to the Friday that I realised that the game on the Saturday was at home against Ipswich Town, who had 18 months earlier rejected me and Bobby Robson was still the manager.
0: How many times does it work out like that?
2: It's bizarre, isn't it?
0: Yeah, amazing. So you had your chance, and, and this is what I'm always saying on this podcast. You know, you've got homegrown players waiting for their chance, and you get an injury, and you go and take someone on loan. Yeah. How how does everyone feel? <laughs> That's underneath well, exactly. the... Yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it, life is about opportunities. So Alan Mullery gave me an opportunity. Um, and that was a huge part of, of my development. We also had a coach down there called George Aitken, who had played at Middlesbrough. I think he played yes. for Scotland, the centre-half. Yes. So he worked with me a lot after training. You know, Ken Craggs, because of his association with my father, you know, he was, he was pro me. And, and you do need people who are pro you because uh, it helps. Simple yes. as that. And, you know, I ended up four years in the first team at Brighton, four years in the top flight a cup final at the end of it, and uh, then a glorious move.
0: Can I just break in there? Howard, when that oh. move happened and we signed, if I'm right, Gary, we signed you and Danny hey, Thomas you, at the same time. What was your feelings then, Howard?
1: I thought he looked a class act.
0: Good, good. From from the Wembley appearances, etc.
1: Yeah, so uh, then we started with a wonderful uh, defeat, 3-1 at Ipswich, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Again, uh, again. your first game,
2: Gary. Yep. So I made my debut for Tottenham away at Portman Road
0: against Ipswich. Yeah. And was you there, Howard? We were.
1: Rare for us to go that far, but we did. We we, we travelled all out there, and very unhappily came back.
0: (laughs) And yeah, yeah, another sad day. We make out it doesn't happen from our era. But of course it does. So, so, um, and uh, Howard, any Alan Mullery thoughts?
1: Alan Mullery thoughts? Yeah. Well, he was a different character to most of the other members of the squad, I think. Yeah. And uh, I think, who did he manage? Palace, was it?
0: Yeah, yeah, Palace, Brighton. He was certainly a serious football player. He was yeah. a very serious football player, and when I got into the team, he was the captain. Yeah. And I'm playing alongside him, and wow, you you didn't want a greater character to be able to follow. I mean, he was up and at them for his life. Wow, and didn't they call him the tank at Tottenham? The tank, yeah, yeah. So he had a varied career, uh, Gary, but he, he he put this onto you. He he, he fed this yeah. experience into your game, I suppose.
2: Yeah, 100%. You know, he was, was always talking to me, you know, after training, after games. Um, you know, Muller's was a, a motivator and, you know, he was a bit aggressive at times. If, if I tell you, he's the only manager who ever pinned me up against the wall at half time <laughs> and threatened to give me a right hand up. We played away at Coventry and um, I, I had this little habit as a right back of shaping to play it down the line. and And as the 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 left winger tried to block it, I'd cut inside him. And Tommy Hutchison was playing for uh, Coventry, and they'd obviously done their homework, and he was an old head. So the first time I go to do it, shape to knock it down the line, cut it inside. Tommy Hutchison, he stood there, takes the ball off me. So, you know, I try and do it a second time. And, you know, Muller's going mad at me, of course. Just knock it down the line, son. So I started knocking it down the line. And then I've tried to get a bit clever again and come in and and <laughs> taken the ball off me. And at half time, Alan literally pinned me up against the wall, lifted me off the ground almost by the throat and said, If you cut inside him one more time and lose the ball, <laughs> you're going to get it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tough, tough talk. Hard talk. How yeah. no, was it, second half? Man talk. <laughs> Put it this way, I didn't take any
2: chances, Howard. <laughs> sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he, he could be very aggressive, Alan, in the in the dressing room, which is which was part of his strength, I have to say. He, yeah. was, he, was, yeah. he was a leader in all senses of the word, and um, you know, there's very few of those around these days that, that are prepared to put their reputation on the line. Uh, for an opinion of what to do or what you shouldn't do. And uh, I, I, I love that in Alan Mullery. And tell us about his, um, his motivation, Gary, when you signed your first contract.
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm 17 years of age. I'm, I'm in the first team. I'm now on £20 a week as an apprentice. So I make my debut on £20 a week at home against Ipswich. We had some great bonuses back there. Well, I, I'm not going to say it because I think it's, yeah, it's kind of confidential information. But if I tell you that my win bonus for that day was, let me do the sums, 20 times what I was earning a week, that will give you some sort of, mm. okay, it's 400 quid. We were on 400 sure. quid to win the game then, and I'm on wow. £20 pound a week. Um, so, anyway, you know, the club decide that I've got a future at the club. They want to sign me on a pro contract. Yes. So do I want to sign a pro contract and a bit more money. And um, I got called into his office and he sat me down and he said, this is the deal, son. This is how much you're going to get paid. i tell you a hundred pound a week. Um, it's a five-year contract. Um, there's a 5,000 pound loyalty bonus, which will be spread across the five years so there's an extra £1,000 a year for you. So you're on about six grand a year, plus the bonuses. Sign there, son. And I went, well, c- can I think about it, Alan? Actually, I didn't call him Alan. I called him boss. Um, and he said, no, you can't. Just sign there. And anyway, I, I eventually managed to get myself out of the office, told my dad about <laughs> it and everything. And um, anyway, Muller's calls my dad into his office after the next home game and sits me down and says, Mr. Stevens, this is what I've offered your son. Um, I think he should sign it. It seems like he's not going to sign it at the moment. He's reluctant. What do you think he should do? And my dad said, well, he does have a mind of his own. I'd already teed my dad up not to get bullied. Um, And then Muller says to my father, Mike, how much do you earn a week? And my dad, of course, my dad wouldn't tell him because it was definitely less than Alan was going to pay me or Muller's was going to pay me a week to play football. said, So I'm guessing he said that I'm going to pay your son more money a week to play football, the game he loves, than you earn in a 40 hour week doing your chief inspector's job at that foundry that makes components for machinery.
0: Great tactic.
2: And, great, you know, my Great dad and I, tactic! Yeah. So so, guess what happened? I signed it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tell me about the car salesman bit.
2: The car salesman's bit. God, what, what's but, this all about? Well,
0: I just I just spoke to Mullers, and he before this podcast, and he said that he said to you, um, when you said you need more money, <laughs> he said to you. <laughs> Okay, I've got you a job in the local car with the garage, and you can sell cars two afternoons a week to boost your money up. And <laughs> apparently, you did it. <laughs> again, I remember, him, I remember again, him telling me that. Yeah. Again, bringing you down to earth. And that was that yeah. was what it had learned through the Bill Nicholson days. Not that I heard either of those things from, from Bill, you know, calling the parent in and asking how much they earned. But what good tactics. Wow.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing, Steve, was, although I then signed a pro contract, he said, strictly speaking, as an apprentice, it runs until you're 18. So you're still going to be cleaning the boots. So I had five players that I cleaned their boots, including Mark Lawrence and Peter Ward. Um, Who else was there? Teddy Maybank was there. Brian Horton. Yeah. Um, And he said, you're still going to sweep the terrace in. And you'll still be divoting the pitch with the other trainees, and you'll still be coming in to get the kit out for the first team as well. I, you know, I was grounded, yeah. I was kept yeah. on the ground.
0: Yeah. That was an old-fashioned way. Don't let yeah. you, don't let the player get above himself because yeah. then it can all, you know, the, the path going forwards in your career could start veering off. And yeah you know it's now a heavy slap to get you back on well don't yeah. fall all over him in the first place that's that was the thinking behind it wasn't it well
2: yeah 100% and i guess you have to look at what happens today with players who who sign as a scholar and you know already it's been set out that at 17 they will be given a pro contract and and you know it's thousands and sometimes into tens of thousands that they're going to get because, you know, that's what clubs have to pay them to keep them. It seems.
0: Yeah. Gary, just returning to your 400 pound bonus shout in your early days. This wasn't my era, so I'm not, uh, I'm not claiming poverty or anything, but you, you hear stories from before your own era, from the old players and the, the common shout by a captain before the teams went out onto the field was chaps, baby needs new shoes. <laughs> so put that in relation to the, to the 400 quid shout. Well, wow. yeah, well, wow. and I, and I think that's, that's good management, a fee to play, to train. And actually all that's wasted if you don't get a result at the end of the week. So. Yeah. So put the money in the in the bonus as such. I think that's great.
2: Yeah, well, definitely when, you know, when I was a, a professional, win bonuses, draw bonuses. Um, you know, at, at Spurs, when we were in the UEFA Cup, we had a, a group squad situation where we got a percentage of the profits from any of the, or all of the two-legged games, for example, which you were probably involved in the, the negotiations on that, I would think. Sure,
1: sure, um,
2: sure. But, but, but I think what's happened now is that, you know, the bonuses are insignificant to players because of the, the salaries being so big. Um, you yeah. know, good luck to the boys. You know, the players who played before me were on less than I was on. And, you know, I, you know, I was privileged to earn what I was. And having packed up, the money's just gone up and up and up. Um, and I'd love 10 years in the game at today's rates. Um, But, you know, when I was playing in the late 70s and throughout the 80s, um, you know, for example, you know, a house that I bought when I first went to Tottenham in, in Broxbourne, fairly close to the likes of Ray Clements, who lived there at the time, and you know uh, Alan Sunderland was there from the the enemy down the yeah. road, and Pat Jennings was in Broxbourne. You know, I know what I paid for it, and it in it's you know it's probably gone up about fifteen fold now. so you know everything's moved on and and we just have to be realistic about it and and I am. I did great, I earned enough, and I'm comfortable, and you know I can't complain
0: and I'm sure that Howard is waiting. for for these answers. And tell us about joining Tottenham Hotspur.
2: Well, it was, you know, a special thing for me. First of all, I was disappointed that Brighton wanted to sell me, to be honest with you, because, um, you know, we got relegated at the end of the 82-83 season um, and we got to the cup final. um, And without being big headed, I viewed myself as very much one of the, the key players at the club. Um, And my thought was, well, you know, Brighton need to get back into the top flight. So keep your key players. I'd gone home to see my mum and dad in Suffolk and the phone rang and on the phone was Jimmy Melia, who had become our manager at Brighton and took us to Wembley. Um, And Jimmy said to me, Gary, we've agreed to sell you to Tottenham. Do you want to go? And, you know, my first reaction was, well, why are you selling me? Don't, Don't Brighton want to get back into the top flight? And by the way, it took them 34 years to do that um, and back into the Premier League. Um, And Jimmy said, well, the decision's been made and, um, you know, it's a financial situation and this, that and the other, probably because they paid us all too much money for a a bonus for getting to the cup final, Brighton. I don't know. Um, And it was quite simple. Brighton didn't want me. And hang on a second, (laughs) we're talking about a top club a big club a London club Um, so he gave me uh, Peter Shreve's number I spoke to Peter and went down to Tottenham traveled down Keith Berkenshaw was away on holiday at the time we chatted for about two hours in the office we spoke about football my career where he felt the club would play me that they believed they could get me into the England team um, and he said, oh, by the way, Gary, it was all, it was well choreographed. By the way, Gary, somebody wants to take you out to the training ground to show you Cheson. And in walks Bill Nicholson. So, you know, Bill says, hello, Gary, we're pretty sure you're going to sign for us, but let me take you out to Cheson. So <laughs> Bill drives, Bill drives me out in his car. And he takes me round all the back doubles, and uh, you know, we didn't go up the Tottenham High Road to hit the North Circular. We took a left down White Hart Lane and through the back doubles, and near was it North Middlesex Hospital? I, I yeah, think. The, yeah? yeah. And we dived out that way, and and Bill said as we're going up the A10, if these traffic lights are busy, take a left here. And anyway, we've got we've got out to Cheshunt, and Bill showed me around, and um, then drove me back to White Hart Lane and took me upstairs in the, the West stand for a little bit of lunch where Peter Shreve joined me and then we went back into the office and we carried on talking football. And uh, Peter said, well, anyway, listen, you, you probably best go back home and have a good chat with your mum and dad about this. I said, yeah, I think that's a, a good idea. Cause you know, my mind is spinning, but you know, w- what a club, what an honor. Thanks for, you know, giving me the opportunity. And he said, um, do you want to know how much we're going to pay you? I went, we hadn't even spoken about yeah. money, Steve. We yeah. hadn't talked about money. It was about football and development and my career and everything. Um, and I went back home and, and the second time I came down, my parents came with me as well. Um, didn't have an agent, didn't have a representative. I'd sought a little bit of advice, but, um, you know, it was de- deal done. Deal done. Yeah,
0: yeah. I um I have huge respect for your parents. You've you've mentioned them a couple of times, um, as captain and um, Bill Nicholson once gave me a list of about two dozen items. If you want to be a captain, this is what you have to think about. Right, and I'm not sure other captains got that, but um, but then you had a few yourself, and one of them was if I'm going to be captain meet the people behind the player. Not that not that that's going to affect you signing. I probably didn't yeah. meet you before you signed, or I didn't meet your parents. But within the player's room after games, you, of course, say hello to the people that are in there. And part of it was, I can judge you if I meet your parents. Or yeah. I can make a better judgment on you if I see for instance arrogance from a parent oh this is you know i'm now looking at the player thinking "Mm, there's a trait i don't quite like so so it's it's the package isn't it it's the player it's what you do what you know you can do what you think you maybe can't do add into all of that but what's behind him and and that's that's where you scored. Obviously, you, you were you were brought up by good people, brought up the right way, and um, you know consistency. That's that's what we're looking for in in people that join clubs. Are they has he got a consistent life about him? Would you agree? with that Howard, as per Gary's way of dealing with stuff.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm I met Gary's parents as well. Um, And it was quite, quite, I didn't have to meet them to know the kind of guy that people they would be because of having met you.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So
1: the honesty and the straightforwardness comes through. And things like the UEFA Cup final, one of my body images of you is you trotting back to the center circle, having scored the penalty. And the pressure that you guys must have been under at that time, the, the penalty shootout was a brand new thing at the time. Yeah. And and um, you scored one and Gary Mavitt scored one, I think. And in fact, that team had quite a few players who were filling in different positions because we had such a terrible injury
0: list at the time. But uh, It was very yeah. much a homegrown, a homegrown performance, wasn't it? It was. I, I mean, regular listeners to this would be fed up with me. But that was a victory for homegrown talent. Yes, yeah. Steve Archibald. Yes, Gary Stevens in midfield. Yes, Gary Mabbott, of course. But it was all surrounded by homegrown replacing Ray Clements, Ozzy Ardiles, Steve Perryman, Garth Crooks. You mm. know, and Gary, so when you come back to the, the bit that you were, you could play different positions, how important mm. was that to the victory? Not just that night, but through the campaign. Mabsy um, can play in different positions. You could play in different positions. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it was pretty valuable overall. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I said earlier that, you know, it can be an advantage to be a utility player, but it can work against you. Um, you know, I, I started their second leg of that final on the right side of midfield um, of a midfield four. And I actually had the number 10 on the back because Glenn wasn't playing. So there was a little bit of weight there. Um, They weren't going to get get from me what Glenn could give, of course. But, you know, they got other qualities from me. Um, And then, you know, later on into the game and and the extra time period, I played as a central defender. Um, So, and yeah, and as Howard rightly mentioned, I took one of the penalties. Uh, There was one slight inaccuracy there. Howard, Mabsey didn't actually take a penalty, but the penalty takers were Graham Roberts, Steve Archibald, Mark Falco, myself and Danny Thomas. So those were the five, but, you know, Steve, I'd had a difficult season. I don't know if you remember it as being a difficult season for me in the league. You know, Howard mentioned earlier on about my debut away against Ipswich, you know, I had a, I had a shocker. I really had a shocker and you know, in early part of the season and we, we were going to play away against Liverpool and Keith Birkinshaw decided to 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 move me out of the back four and he played me in midfield um, and I actually scored at Anfield. You you might remember it, Steve, you clipped this little free kick forward to me on the edge of the box and my job was to flick it on. And as I flicked it on, Soonis kind of half got a block on it and it bobbled and I helped it on and turned and, and Smashed a volley into the back of the net past Grobola. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you got the assist, Steve. That's the good yeah. news there. Um, but but just going back, if I can, to, to that you know, that run in the UEFA Cup that we had, which was my first season, it got me out of jail, Steve. You know, we we I had a lot of Spurs fans on my back, I, whether you were aware of it or not, but you know, I, I didn't perform well, I tried to be too clever. Um, should have kept it simple, didn't. But when I played in the UEFA Cup, it, I felt free. I felt like,
3: you yeah. know, it
2: was a it was a freedom. Um, yeah. And I, I enjoyed it, generally speaking. Um, and even, you know, for those penalties, you know, this is how people kind of, I don't know, judge you. Um, before each round, Keith Bergenshaw would say, well, if he goes to a draw after the two legs, who's going to take the penalties? And, and of course, Robbo wanted one and Mark Falco and Steve Archibald. And, and then it always went quiet.
0: Birkinshaw quiet. <laughs> that was
2: me. <laughs> and, and Keith Birkinshaw looked at me and he pointed his finger. He said, you strike a good ball. You should take one. Went okay, fine. And of course, you know, it didn't go to penalties against Drogheda because we won about 13-14 nil on aggregate, and it didn't go to penalties against um who else did we play? Fire against Hadjuk Split against Bayern Munich. And so so come the final, like who wants a penalty? I'm putting my hand up because it never goes to penalties, does it? Absolutely. Um, and sure enough, it does, and you know, again, you know, this was Mullers going back to Mullers. We played a pre season tournament in Holland with Brighton, and, um, and each game had to go to, to a penalty shootout if it was a draw. And Mullers wanted me to take a penalty, and he told me how to take a penalty. He showed me how to take a penalty in training, and I used that from Brighton days for that UEFA Cup final
0: 100%. Influence influence yeah. let me tell you a little story about um when you signed and danny thomas and we're i think we're having the photo day at chesham and i think maybe a hot day we get in the shade we sit in the stand at the old chesham yeah the great great pitch and maxi sits next to me and he says that's paul miller viewers yeah. listeners. um They've signed them two to replace us two. I looked at him and said, talk for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah.
2: Yeah. And I think that, you know, that was, that was looking towards the future. You know, Danny Thomas Absolutely. was younger than me. I was younger than Paul Miller. You know, progression, et cetera, Absolutely. et cetera. But it was about the squad And, you know, you talk about little stories at at Chesham. You might not remember this, Steve, but it was very early days. We're in the changing room and there's a bit of banter flying around. We're all sat there having a chat and Crooks is there and you're there and Ray and And I got a bit cheeky and I've passed some sort of cheeky comment towards somebody. And your response was, oh, yeah, just played in a cup final, have you? and I knew exactly where I stood with you then, because I'd just played <laughs> in the 83 Cup final and got beaten by Man United, and yeah. you'd captain Tottenham in the previous two and won them.
0: Yeah, yeah, And that's how it works. I,
2: I don't know if you remember it, but I'll never forget it. You know, here we are, how many decades later, and it's as clear as a bell, and, you know, Crooksy with them big eyes went,
0: ooh, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> Tom... Um, lots of younger people listen to these uh, podcasts so it it was before you were born I suppose that 84 UEFA Cup win but have you seen it have you seen it over the years I was two years old drama yeah yeah
3: no I've watched it yeah no I watched it from um, very early VHS tapes while I was um, kind of Cutting my teeth on the on, on the recent history of Spurs, while I was kind of getting into it in the late '80s, early '90s as a as a, as a child, um, yeah. I was I was kind of obsessed with um, learning more about what had happened in um, in the years building up to that, and obviously the '84, '81, um, and '82 were all very key key dates in yeah. um, in the, in that little bit of um, edu- Tottenham history education that I undertook yeah. um, while I was while I was growing up.
0: And I'm going to repeat myself again. How do you remember this? Danny Thomas misses the penalty Yep, and the crowd chant his name Absolutely. all the way back to the halfway line. Yep. And my point is, how do the future penalty takers feel having seen Danny miss and get that reaction from the crowd? Was, there was love everywhere. I mean, not that they loved that he missed, of course not, but they support in their player in a bad moment for him personally. Yep. Yeah. And and for all of us at the at the point. So uh and then Tony Parks pulls out the, the next save and we, we go through. Chaps, I think we need to wrap this up. Uh Gary, this has been a, an absolute pleasure talking to you. We know a bit more about your your current life. Um hopefully you'll come back on to us and tell us about working with Tony Adams in where was it? Azerbaijan. Wow. Look, you've, you've travelled the world you've you've done it all so um, troops I want to thank you for listening um, I'll say thank you to Gary and Howard and Tom on your behalf um, enjoy your life Gary, keep looking young and um, I just need to give a bit of current news that we'll all be pleased about Aussie Idealist came home yesterday, that's Sunday Um I, I got that message from Paul Miller, but also uh, Freddie, his son, uh, sent me a message that uh, that Aussie's well. I haven't spoken to him. Why would I? Because you know I've I've come home from hospital after all this heart stuff, so you need a few days to settle in, or weeks, or months, even. So uh, we we certainly wish him well. My latest news is that uh, Howard mentioned about. Um, the Parkinson's situation with himself. I've just been made a... I'm the newest patient ambassador of the Aortic Dissection Charitable Trust.
1: Wow.
0: And I'm going to drop a name in a moment, but very nice people. Catherine and Graham, I'm sure there's others, but I've not met the others yet. But Whispering Bob Harris is yeah. also the, um, the, the patient ambassador as well. So I'm sure me and Bob will be having conversations about our, our particular problems way back then. So um, the other one, Gary, you may remember Peter Barnes.
2: Yes, indeed. Sadly passed away recently, yeah?
0: Passed away, not buried yet. Unfortunately, I can't go to the um, to the funeral, but that is such a shame because I like Peter, great man. And, you know, we, we were a family then, weren't we, Gary, if you... If you remember the time.
2: Yeah, very much so. Um, you know, Peter Day was the club secretary when I first joined the club. Peter Barnes ultimately took over. Um, yeah, it was, it was very much a family. It really was. And, and i got to be honest, Steve, um, chatting with you here, it feels like we were, well, we've never been apart, so to speak. And, and of course, we've been all over the world in different directions, both of us. Um, wonderful to see Howard, who, you know, became a great friend. I met him and Viv when I first went away with Spurs on the UEFA Cup um, in the earlier rounds. Stansted Airport was where I first met Howard and Viv. And, of course, it's lovely to meet Tom as well, who, um, a younger member of the uh, the Spurs fan club as such. So uh, it's been wonderful for me, Steve. Really, real, a real, real pleasure.
1: Gary, great. can I just, just uh, thank you for the... Uh... Taking part in my children's one day more singing sing along, you were terrific.
0: (laughs) Yes, when when Howard reached seventy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was an absolute
2: pleasure. It was an absolute pleasure, Howard. Pleased to be part of your seventieth.
0: Thank you. Great memories. Okay, thank you all, and um, come on you Spurs, let's keep it going. Let's uh, do our stuff against um, Gary's ex team, Brighton. Thanks, thank you, Brighton for for helping Gary back to prominence, having been released by, by Ipswich. And um, Gary was a great member of the 84 UEFA Cup team. And let's go and have some more great evenings like we had after that one, Howard. Absolutely. Okay, see you soon. Come on, you Spurs.